Thank you for your giving. Are you guys ready for the word? Amen. We need to hear from God this morning, don't we? And he is going to speak. And so let's just take a moment again to pray and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit and invite him to, to discern what he wants to say in his word and through his word. I believe that he is equipping us for divine appointments this week. I believe that there are people that he wants us to meet with and see, whether it's in the store, whether it's at work. And we need God to equip us and to open our eyes to who those people are. And we need to have faith that God will put the words in our mouth at the right time. And only he can do that. And his word helps to do that. And so we're going to ask that God's word this morning would plant those seeds and as we pray tomorrow and as we get ready and, and have that spirit of expectancy, God will draw us to those people. Father, we pray right now again, specifically asking for you to soften our hearts this morning, that your word, which is about to be read and spoken over us, Lord, that it would just bring life. God, that you would set up divine appointments, God, for each one of us as we are talking about discipleship and what it means to be a fully devoted disciple. God, I pray that your word would shed light onto areas of our lives that, that, we need, that need sharpening. And God, that your word would also encourage us in areas, Lord, where the enemy has just tried to speak death. But your word will encourage this morning in our hearts. And Lord, we wait in expectancy of who you want us to meet with this week, who you want us to, to share Jesus about, who you want us to just even just begin conversations about life, God. Open our eyes, God. Turn our heads to those who have just been neglected, those who have been just ignored. And Lord, we just pray that we would be Jesus this week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So how many of you have been encouraged by um, this book that we have been going through as as a life group. Do you feel a little bit better equipped? Well, we're going to do our wrap-up, our final one this morning, and then we're going to have just some time at the end to pray, because I just feel like God wants to touch some people here this morning, and he's, he showed me that um, as I've been praying and, and just preparing, and so we just want to share something in the Word to help us and encourage us. Uh, we started this uh, over eight weeks ago, and uh, number one, we started with selection. And for those who might be newer, we are reading a, a book um, that is helping to equip us to become fully devoted disciples. As you can see, our banners to the right and to the left, that is our theme for this year. So while we might be wrapping up this series, we're not wrapping up this theme. We are going to keep that theme as a focus this year in everything that we do. And so the first week we talked about selection. How did Jesus choose disciples that would change the, wor the world? Number two, we talked about association. Three was consecration, setting um, ourselves apart. Number four was impartation, God giving us his authority to do what he's called us to do. Delegation, last week... Pasquale gave an awesome word. Weren't you encouraged last week by the word that God gave him? I was, I was thinking about that all day. But he talked about supervision, how God, he sends us out, but then he calls us back and we can kind of lay everything out. How did it go at work? How did it go with my family? And the Holy Spirit helps us to kind of unpack and, and strengthen us to go back and do it again. And this morning we're going to be talking, what I believe is, one of the most important parts of being a disciple, and, I, and, and it's the last one, is reproduction. 
So we're going to be focusing on reproduction and what that looks like. And so there's three things that I want to talk about, and then we're going to have some time at the end to pray. Number one, I want you to see the difference between reproduction and production. There's two differences between that, and, and we're going to unpack that. Number two is the critical, criticalness of reproduction. It is critical as disciples that we are reproducing disciples in our own lives. We are reproducing leaders who are Christ-like and going into their communities and into the workplaces. And then thirdly, we're going to lastly talk about the benefits of reproduction. When we are disciples that are making disciples, there are great benefits that come with that, not just for us, but for those that we're pouring into. So those are the three things that we're going to focus on. And the main scripture we're going to be in is John 15. So if you have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me. But if we could just stand as we read the word of the Lord, just stand and, and reverence as we read what he wants to speak. And we're gonna, those three things that I mentioned, we're going to pull out of this text in that I hope that as we leave here, you feel better equipped to go out and reproduce and what that looks like. So John 15, verses 1 through 9, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. You may be seated. God bless his word. So number one, if we are called to be disciples, what does that look like? What does it look like? What is our purpose moving forward? We've gone through this book. We've studied together. We've prayed. We've gotten principles from the life of Jesus. So how do we move forward in that? What is my purpose right now? We are seeing a crazy amount of things happening around our world and in our culture. We've talked with families in the church here who are suffering and going through so many things. And so as God is equipping us, what is our purpose moving forward? What are we supposed to be doing there's a reason why God handpicked each and every one of us to be living right now. Right. And I would not want to live in any other part than what God has for us right now. Amen. And so he's equipping us. So we need to understand what does it mean? How do we reproduce? And so number one, the difference between reproduction and production. And this is important if we are going to be fully devoted disciples. So John 15 verse 1, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So alethinos, that is the Greek word here. When Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, that Greek word here for true literally means truth. It's truthful. I was reading an um, article from Pew Research, and they said this. The article was titled, Americans Struggle with Truth, Accuracy, and Accountability. 
And I just want to read just a small paragraph from that article. And it says, many think America is experiencing a crisis in facts and truth. And they believe this problem ties into the current state of distrust people have in institutions. The center recently reported that half of U.S. adults say made-up news and information is a very big problem in the country today. And about two-thirds say it causes a great deal of confusion about the basic facts of current issues and events. They also say made-up news and information has a big impact on Americans' confidence in government, 68%, and in each other. So the same misinformation or this distrust in these institutions, they feel like not only does it cause distrust and chaos with who is leading our nation, but also with each other. Since the beginning of the time, man and woman have been searching for truth, right? We have people asking, what is truth? And so Jesus here in the scriptures, he's saying, I am the truth. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So reproduction means this. It's the action or process of making a copy of something. All right, you got that? And there's a difference between producing. Producing is to make something from components or raw materials. So when we produce something, we're taking from something to make something. When we reproduce, we are copying something. And that's important as disciples. Reproduction in terms of biology is this. It's the natural process among organisms by which new individuals are generated and the species is preserved. So even in biology, scientists know that organisms have to reproduce to survive. And as the people of God, as disciples, we have to be reproducing in order for this world to know who Jesus is. Jesus didn't call us to get saved and lock ourselves in someone. He's called us to get saved and to go out and to reproduce. There's nothing wrong with producing. We see it in our culture, right? The music industry, people producing music, that's a good thing. When you are a producer of music or, or movies, you don't wanna be copying something else. You wanna have originality, right? You wanna have something that's fresh, that's clean, and that's good with producing. We see it, entrepreneurship is, is growing in our nation where people are, are, are making new things, new products to help people, to make things more efficient. Those are good things when we want to produce those things. You know, one of my favorite shows is Shark Tank. Oh, and I love it. Every week, it's, I love seeing these people come in. They've had seven-year-olds come in. They've had 12-year-olds come in. They have people who, who are a lot older and, and have retired, and they have new ideas, and they stand before these sharks trying to present these, these new things that they're thinking of. And what makes these investors want to invest in these people is how original is your product and is it going to really solve a problem? Those are the two things that they're looking for. So production is a good thing, but as believers, as disciples, we aren't called to produce something for the gospel. We're called to reproduce. Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verse 3 says this about Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. 
After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We have a perfect imprint of who we're supposed to be copying. We don't have to produce anything new to get people to know Jesus. We just have to be disciples who reflect who Jesus is. When you give people Jesus, they are changed. Amen? The ancient Greek here for the word brightness, if you could put that scripture back on, Hebrews 1 verse 3. The word radiance is apalgosma, which in the Greek literally means it's the radiance that shines from a source of light. So when you look at the sun, you're not technically seeing the sun, you're seeing the rays that come from the sun, but those rays are coming exactly from that source of light. And so what the scripture is telling us that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. We, have, we may have never seen God in person, but Jesus is the radiance. He is the, the source, the, the rays that are coming from that source of light. And it says, and he is the exact imprint of his nature. There's not anything that's different. It's like if you take your hands and you put them like this, it's an exact imprint. Same color tone, same size. Maybe some of you have a bigger hand on the right end of the other. That's okay. But Jesus is the exact imprint of who God is. And if we are called to be disciples, this is what we are supposed to be reproducing. There may be leaders, church leaders in the past, who maybe have produced something else other than the gospel. Some of you may have been hurt by leaders. We've seen leaders fall, and that's why we don't focus on man or woman. We focus on Jesus because he is the exact imprint of who God is. So when we get hurt by people, we don't put everything in our baskets with man or woman. We put everything in our baskets with who Jesus is because he's the exact representation of who God is. I love in the scripture how it says, it says that he's upholding all things by the power of his of by the word of his power. The idea behind the word translated upholding is better thought as maintaining. And so the word does not have the idea of passively holding something up. You remember the mythical um, Greek god Atlas and what was he doing? He was holding up the world, just kind of standing there holding it. It's not that type of something that's passive. It's literally, it's actively sustaining. And so Jesus, God, he's actively sustaining our world by the power of his word. Isn't that powerful? That's encouraging because with everything that we see happening in our world, it can look like everything's chaotic and there's no order and there's no one maintaining anything. But by God's word, he is saying that he is actively maintaining everything in the world. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to be chaotic, but as believers, as disciples, we can see beyond the chaos knowing that there is an ultimate plan for what God wants to do. No matter how bad it gets in our world, no matter how bad it gets in your own life, we have a God who is actively maintaining our world by the power of his word. Amen? The reason we want to be reproducing as disciples rather than producing is if we are reproducing to the best of our ability this exact image of Jesus, then people will be changed. I don't want people in my life to say, wow, he's Mike-like. Even though there is a song that everybody wants to be like Mike. You ever hear that song? He's not calling us to be David-like or Tara-like or Caleb-like, 
He's calling us to be Christ-like. It doesn't mean that our personalities can't be in what we're called to do. But we want people to see us and to be recognized by Jesus living in us. And I believe that's the greatest compliment as a Christian that we can get. We see in the disciples when they, became, they were filled with the Spirit of God. Because before, they weren't very Christ-like, were they? They were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. They were wondering who was going to die, if they were going to die as they were going to die. They were betraying Jesus. They were fleeing from Jesus. Not very Christ-like, but yet they were still disciples. We are all disciples in training, aren't we? Thank God, because in training we can make mistakes. And our God is gracious. But it was when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit that things began to change. And when they were arrested and brought before the leadership, you know what they said? In Acts 4, verse 13, it says that they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's what we want people to see in us. Not us, not our failures, not our faults. As the Holy Spirit comes on us, that's what he does. He makes us more Christ-like. People need to encounter Jesus now more than ever before. People in your family, young people, people in your schools, in your colleges, they need to encounter Jesus. And so as we are walking through this theme of becoming more fully devoted, we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to come on us so that they can say there's something different about that person. It's the best compliment you can get. When the Holy Spirit comes and begins to change your life, people at your work will say there's something different about him. When you get a new job and you walk in, people are going to look and say there's something different about this person. Your family, when they have gatherings, they're going to say there's a different atmosphere when this person is in the room. People sense that there's a change, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to reflect that exact imprint of who Jesus is. Amen? The difference between production and reproduction. Jesus is the perfect representation of what we need and what the world needs. Number two, the criticalness of reproduction. So we've differentiated what is reproduction. We need to talk about the the criticalness of it. So going to verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it, may, that it may bear more fruit. I was talking about this with Tara, and the crazy thing is, is we have a lot of people who say that they're Christians. We do. A lot of people say that they're Christians. But it's really not about being a Christian, it's about being a disciple. And what we have to do is we have to look at our lives and say, am I really a disciple? Because if we are saying we're a disciple, then God does something in us, and it's called pruning. But he also does something if we are saying we're disciples but aren't living up to it. There's another action word. And this is what scares me. Because here Jesus is saying, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Every branch in me, he's saying, that doesn't reproduce I have to take it away. But every branch that does, he has to prune. Those two things might look very similar, but the end result is very different. When I grew up, I, was, I did landscaping for most of my life. And one of the places that I worked, they had these, these islands where they had all of these beautiful bushes with all kinds of flowers, roses, and whatever. And I remember every time, I remember when my boss would teach us how to prune, You'd see these beautiful flowers, but then he would tell us to go cut them. I'm like, why are we cutting them? Because after we cut them, you're not going to be able to see them. 
But he, he, taught me if, he taught me exactly where to cut. And if you cut at the right place, that, that flower may lo no longer be seen by anyone, but in time it's going to bloom and there's going to be more flowers. But he'd, he'd look, he would look at me and say, this part of the bush is dead, so you need to cut it here. And when we cut it at that spot, it would never grow back because it would start to affect everything else that was healthy. So taking away and pruning are two different things. And what Jesus is saying is if we're going to call ourselves disciples, we need to look at our lives and are we reproducing something? How many of you in this room have jobs? So you work for a company that has a vision, right? What happens if you just show up? And I mean you just show up and you sit and you don't do any work. Do you still get to wear that badge to get in? Some companies have badges where it's locked and you have to swipe to get in. Do you still get to call yourself an employee of that company? You might for maybe a week, two weeks, five weeks if it's not that great of a company and they don't have great accountability. But eventually they're going to look at the books and say, this person is not reproducing. He's not doing what he has. So what are they going to do? They're going to take your badge. I worked for a, a company known globally, and part of my job was to hire, to give people access into the building by giving them a, a, a custom badge. And part of our job was to take that badge and remove their access electronically, which means if they weren't keeping up, then they would get let go. So even though they had that badge, we could actually take access away by the computer. So they could go around thinking that they were an employee, but if they scanned it, it would do nothing. It's the same concept of what Jesus is saying. If we're going to call ourselves a disciple, then there has to be something reproducing. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Something has to be coming from our lives. Being a part of the kingdom of God means that we should be in reproduction. So are we making, my question is are, to you is, are we making disciples of Jesus or are we making followers of ourselves? Are we making disciples of Jesus or are we making followers of ourselves? The most popular person on Instagram right now is a soccer player. I'm not going to say his name, but right now he's the most popular person on Instagram with over 401.5 million followers. The most popular person on TikTok right now is a dancer choreographer, and she has over 130 million followers. The most popular person on Twitter was a former president with over 130 million followers. And no, it wasn't President Trump. I know some of you are going to your phones right now to Google to see who that was. It's President Barack Obama. He literally has the most followers on Twitter than anybody. And the most popular YouTube channel is a music label and movie studio with over 210 million subscribers. Think about that. 210 million people are subscribing to this channel to watch everything that goes up. We become and reproduce who we follow. I'm going to say that again. We become and reproduce who we follow. I'm not saying that 
it's bad to follow these people. It's good to follow people who are maybe in a career that you want to be in and you want to follow and, and glean from them. That's okay. But we do have people who give everything they are, all of their focus to these people. They believe and perceive things in the world based on what these other people think. We need the true vine. We need to be focused on the truth so that when we see who Jesus is and then when we look out into the world, we know what truth is. We don't allow other people to tell us what truth is because truth is very relative in our culture. We need to be focused on that true vine. Are you focused on that true vine? The crack addict on the street, he isn't looking for a soccer player to save him. The grandmother at the park, Tara met a grandmother at our park behind our house. She's taking care of her granddaughter because her daughter died a year ago of COVID. She's not looking for a choreographer dancer to save and give her strength in what she's going through. The mother of a nine-year-old whose son was hit by a car, she wasn't looking to a former president to heal her son. The world doesn't need another music label or another studio to save it. The world is searching for truth. We don't have to produce something to reach people. We have the perfect representation, and that is Jesus Christ. That is what we are called to reproduce. Amen? So I recently stepped on, um, a lot of us hate this thing that is in our house. We try to avoid it. It's a scale. And so I stepped on our scale for the first time in many, many months. And I've been trying to eat better, trying to, you know, cut things out. And I stepped on it, and I didn't like what it said. It started yelling, get off. No, it didn't do that. But some scales actually do talk nowadays, these smart scales. But I stepped on it, and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. And, and I said to Tara, I am eating better, I am eating whatever. But I noticed that the battery was, was I've never changed the battery in the scale, and we've had it for years. And so the readings were a little off. So we went to the store, and this... It's amazing how this tiny little thing can re read you something that's not really there. And sometimes in our own life as believers, we, we are praying, we're believing, but we're not seeing the results. And that can be very frustrating, can it? We're praying for people in our schools. We're praying for people in our workplaces. We're praying for people in our families. And we're not seeing the production that we want to see. But as fully devoted disciples, we have to believe that God, all God has to do is tweak something. And this new battery, I put it in, I'm like, much better. Wasn't that much different, but it was much better. It was much better and, and, and helped me get through the rest of that day. And I believe in the same way spiritually, we need the Holy Spirit to come in. And all he has to do is tweak a few things in our life. Sometimes we need a, a perspective tweak. And when God does it, all of a sudden we look at it differently and say, wow, God is using me. God is changing things in my school. God is changing things in my life. And God is changing things in my family. It's so critical that we reproduce who Jesus is. Amen? And the third and final point is the benefits of reproduction. So Tara, I'm going to have you just come back up as we start to shift towards a close. Number three, so what was number one? The difference between reproduction and production. So that's important, right? We need to know the difference. Production is not a bad thing. 
We want to produce originality, but when we are disciples, we don't want production, we want reproduction. We want the copy of the perfect imprint of who God is operating in our lives and reflecting that to the people around us. Number two is what? The criticalness of reproduction. It is critical for us as believers to be reproducing Jesus to people. Because he said it in his word, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I don't want to be taken away. You know, the scary thing is I can send one of you out to the back here where you're starting to see leaves coming back on and I can have you break off a branch and I can have you bring it in here and I can show you all. And those buds will look like they're living, right? Because you just broke it off. But a second you broke that off of the tree, it started a process of death. And there are a lot of Christians who they have broken themselves away. They are no longer abiding in Jesus anymore. You're living on the fumes of past experiences. And you may look like there's life, but inside there's already been a process of of decay because you are no longer abiding in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, you have to abide in me. If you want to produce, produce anything in life, it has to be in me. And so I believe this morning he's calling people to come back. He wants to repair relationships this morning because what he's doing right now is not just in Providence, it's not just in our nation, it's globally. He wants everyone to know about Jesus before he comes back. And so there are benefits when we do begin reproducing. And so look what verse seven says of John 15. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Isn't that cool? When we are fully devoted disciples, we can ask God for anything and it will be done for us. And verse eight says, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So some of the benefits of being a disciple is number one, we get to be a disciple. Jesus calls us disciples, but you also know what else he calls us? He calls us friends. And he calls us brethren. On the morning that Jesus rose again from that tomb, you know what he told Mary? He said, I want you to go tell my brethren. He had never called his disciples that word until he rose. He had called them friends. He had called them disciples. He had called them servants. But he said, I want you to run and tell my brethren. When we are disciples, we're in like a a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a camaraderie. We're in this together. We encourage each other, even when it doesn't look like God is producing or reproducing anything in us. So one of the benefits of of reproducing is we get to be in association with Jesus. We get to call him friend and he calls us friend. When we reproduce disciples and those disciples make other disciples and then those disciples make more disciples, you know what we begin to do in this process of reproduction? We begin to depopulate hell and populate heaven. Because any life that is born in this world is destined for hell unless they have a savior in their life who stands in the gap and that is Jesus Christ. And so as we make more disciples, more people begin to leave hell and they populate heaven. Being a disciple, we get to empty hell. And that should be the mission of our church this year and every year, is to reach those that need Jesus. The benefit of reproducing 
and being a fully devoted disciple is that wherever you go, people experience what love is supposed to be. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. We're, we're not the exact imprint of who God is. We're all disciples in training, which means we're going to make mistakes. But thank God for his grace. But when we reproduce and we reflect who Jesus is, we get to show people what true forgiveness is. People need true forgiveness in their life. And you know what that means? When you forgive someone, you're erasing what they did to you and you're looking at that person as if they never did it before. And that is only done by Jesus working in our lives. We are truly living in the end times. We really are. You know, I know a lot of pastors have said this throughout the decades, but did you know that we are really living in the end times, that there are things that have been prophesied in the Bible that we are seeing unfold in our very eyes. We could very well be the generation that sees Jesus coming back. And we have to live with that mindset. Things are happening overseas that were spoken of in the Bible hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And we are seeing these things unfold. We talked about it in youth group on Wednesday. We're gonna be talking about it in our youth group. I wish we had more time to go into it, but we are really seeing an acceleration of things that have to happen. And Jesus told his disciples, I want you to look and see the signs that are happening. Don't throw everything into those signs, but when you start to see them, he talks about birth pains. They're like birth pains. Women in here who have given birth, you know that when the baby is about to come, the contractions get closer and closer and closer together and then the baby comes. We are seeing an acceleration of things in our world that Jesus said, famines, earthquakes. There's been more earthquakes in the past just decade than we've seen in the past few hundred years. Famine is beginning to grow. Ukraine is the breadbasket of many countries and they're, they're saying that there's a shortage of flour in these nations. We are seeing this acceleration of famines produced and Jesus said, don't worry yet, these things are gonna happen, the end is not not yet here yet, but there's big super signs that have already begun to unfold that is saying that Jesus is coming soon. And so we need to be reproducing. And the benefits of that is people are going to get to be in the presence of Jesus for all eternity because of what God is using us for. Amen. Can you stand with me this morning? We serve a Jesus who upholds the universe by the power of his word. Jesus is maintaining our world despite the chaos and the disorder that we see. So as I conclude this message, number one, the difference between reproduction and production. We want to reproduce that perfect imprint of God in our lives so that people can come to know Jesus. Number two is the criticalness of reproduction. Knowing how critical it is that our lives should be reproducing something. And lastly, the benefits of reproduction. Seeing the benefits that are going to come when we are that expression of who Jesus is. And so as I close in prayer, I want to read another scripture. Something I've just felt God burning in me the past week. I shared it with some pastor friends recently, and I want to speak this over some people this morning, and I want to just pray. I want to pray for you this morning. The elders will be here as well to, to pray, but you've heard this message. You've, you've been a part of these life groups, and you've seen God just do amazing things, but some of you are still thinking, well, 
how do we follow this principle of reproduction in the world that we're living in right now? How am I supposed to produce disciples when people are living in fear right now? And I believe this is holding back the church. Fear is holding back people in the church from reproducing. But did you know that there was a moment in the disciples' lives where they did the exact same thing? They stopped doing what Jesus called them to do because situations around them changed. And we see this scripture in John 20, 19 verse 22. Jesus has died. Their master, the person they gave everything up for, the person that they followed and were fully devoted to, mostly, was dead and in a tomb. Now they go to the tomb and there's no body. Some of them do believe, but some of them don't remember what Jesus, that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. And so you know what they did? John 20, verse 19 says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, so this is the same day that Jesus rose from the dead, the doors being locked, the disciples were there for fear of the Jews. So on the evening of that first day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus equipped his disciples, and we saw that throughout the book, that he would tell them to go out. Remember? He said, go out and preach the word of God. You have my authority. And you know what they would do? They would go out. Then they would come back and say, we prayed over people who had demons, and they don't have demons anymore. We prayed for people who are blind, and they can see now. They were so excited because of what was happening. But when Jesus was no longer there, they stopped doing what they were called to do. It says they went into a house, they shut the door, they not only shut it, they locked it because they were afraid of the Jews. They saw what the Jews did to their savior. They saw him getting beat. They saw his, his bloody body hanging from that cross and it was too overwhelming for them. And a lot of them even went back to fishing. Sometimes in our lives as disciples, circumstances change in our lives and we say, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna go back to doing what I know how to do. But I thank God that Jesus finds us in our fears. The past two years, the church has locked themselves in a room. They've stopped doing what Jesus has called them to do because of what has happened around our world. And I believe that there are people in this room right now who are those disciples. You might not be locked in a physical room, but you're locked in your mind. You're afraid to step out again. And that's okay, because you know what Jesus does? It says in the same verse, Jesus came and stood among them. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a disciple, and I know that I haven't done what Jesus has called to do, I know when I was younger and I didn't do the list that my mom told me to do when she went out and did errands and I heard that car pull back in the driveway, I'd go lock myself into a room out of fear of my mom. And I know that she could break down any door and any lock. And when she did, she wasn't going to say, peace be with you, like Jesus said. Peace came after. But these disciples might have been expecting when they saw Jesus, you have to picture what this must have been like. Number one, they're like, how in the world did you get in here? We have the door locked. 
Jesus doesn't need barriers or, or locked rooms or locked mindsets for him to come into our midst. And this morning, there are some people in here who God is going to release something in their mind. And you're gonna start seeing a reproduction, an acceleration of people in your workplaces and in your family because Jesus is gonna speak life over you. It says that Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. We can't do this work that Jesus has called us to do. But what I love is that he looked at his disciples and he showed them the scars in his hands. He showed them the scars in his feet and says, you don't have to do this. I have already done it. He said, remember that I have equipped you. Remember that I have given you authority. And we need that reminder in this age of the church. We have an authority that has been given to us by Jesus. And it says in verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. He reiterates that peace. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I need that re reiteration sometimes. I need to hear it again and again. I need to hear it again from Jesus that you are not a failure. You are not a failure. You have not failed Jesus. And so, someone in here needs to hear that this morning. You have not failed Jesus. We as a church, we have not failed Jesus. When we get to see him one day, we're gonna to get to see those scars and it's a reminder that he did the work. We reproduce him, not us. And lastly, the verse, verse 22. And a friend of mine reminded me that this reference is the year that we're living in. John 20, verse 22. And I believe that this is what God wants to do. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus to breathe on us this morning. Some of you in here, you just need God to breathe on you. You need to get refreshed by him. This morning, if you feel like I need to be refreshed, I'm not reproducing things in my life that I need to be. I'm not abiding with Jesus the way that I need to be. I'm not seeing the, the production of things in my life that I wanna see but I want that this morning. We don't have the luxury of time right now. As things are moving and shifting, there are people in our lives, people in your schools, they need to see Jesus. They need to encounter Jesus this week, not next week, not when you can say, well, I'll, I'll be ready. He's not looking for people who are saying, I'll be ready when I will be ready in the call. He's looking for people to say, I will follow you. And I think most everyone in here has said that to Jesus, but we need to be breathed on this morning. Jesus knew that his disciples were living in fear and so he breathed life back in them. You know what he did? They thought they failed in their mandate, but God said, I'm gonna breathe on you. So, and he recommissioned them. How many need to be recommissioned this morning? On the count of three, I just, I'm just going to count to three. And if that is you this morning, you need to be at this altar. And we want to pray. And God showed me he's going to unlock things in your life right now. He's going to unlock something. The, the fear you've locked yourself in somewhere. And the enemy is, is, is keeping you from the mandate that God has called you to do. It doesn't matter your age. Right now, Heavenly Father, we pray on the count of three. One, two, three. If you need Jesus to breathe on you this morning, make your way here at the altar. And we're going to pray and we're going to lay hands and we're going to believe that the Spirit of God is going to make fully devoted disciples this morning.
We believe for divine appointments this morning, divine appointments that are set up in the heavenlies. And as God touches you this morning, it's not me, it's not the worship team, that's Jesus touching you this morning. And we need, we need to open up the doors. We need to go out into the communities. We have to tell people about Jesus. We have to love them. We wanna be that exact imprint of who God is. And it's only through Jesus this morning. We're gonna sing a song right now before we close in prayer. And I want this to be our declaration. We sang it in youth on Wednesday, and it's very simple. It's Jaira. We're gonna sing about Jesus. He's our provider. You cannot do this. You cannot do the work that God has called you to do unless God is filling you with his spirit. And we're gonna declare right now that he is our provider not just financially, but he is your provider with all things that you need to do what God has called you to do. So let's just let the worship team sing this over you. And I want this to be your prayer. And then we're going to just come around and we're going to lay hands and we're just going to pray and see what God does. And I can tell you right now that God is going to begin unlocking mindsets this morning. You're going to leave here differently. You're going to start to see a reproduction of things in your life. And it's going to accelerate because the Spirit of God is moving. So let's sing this together. Jaira, you are enough.